This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Doug, is this actually our 200th episode? It is 200. Wow. So hello world. Welcome to the 200th Mile High Fi episode. Wow. That's crazy. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. Doug, did you think we'd be around for 200 episodes? And is this the, we're going into the fourth year, right? Or third year? I think, I'm not surprised we hit 200 episodes. When we first started, I knew that we were sort of in it for the long haul. So I, I envisioned hundreds of episodes for sure. And I th- we started in the beginning of 2021, right? Is that right? <laughs> I don't have any clue. So it's been two years. We're starting our third. We finished three. No, we finished, if we, we did 21, 22, 23. So this is 20. Yeah, we're in 2024 now, okay, right? We're starting our fourth year. Yeah. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah. What did you, did you have any forward thinking future thoughts? I guess I never thought about it. I had certain goals in my mind and I guess only one, just that I wanted it to steadily grow over the long term, which I think we have, but I never thought about how long we'd be at it. I guess my one thought was, let's just do it until we run out of stuff to talk about. Which I I don't think we're even close. Like we have probably a list of five or six just show ideas, which we could record at any time. And then we probably have like 15 people that want to be on the show. It's kind of interesting. People think a lot of folks listen to the show (laughs) or they just want to talk to us, but a lot of people want to be on the show. I get reminders all the time and we just have to figure out how to schedule it. You know? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. The longer we go on, I guess the easier it becomes because we already had networks, but now they've grown that much bigger and we have more listeners, so people send us more ideas. I sent out, if you're not on our email list, go ahead and sign up for that. But I sent an email out asking people for suggestions, and we actually got a bunch, which was pretty cool. I don't think we would have gotten that a couple of years ago. Yeah, and our email list is fairly modest. I think it's just over 500 people, and we haven't been pushing it very much. I think it's something that we can work on, which I, I guess I could lay out what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And we're going to talk about what we've learned we're going to talk about what we like about podcasting and what's coming for the future. And I think, I mean, we're going to try to keep this a little bit tight so we don't ramble on too much, but it really could be five or six hours of conversation. If we went on a road trip or something, like we could talk about it the whole time while we're driving and hit different topics. And then we think of something else the next day that related back and have just a really rich conversation on where the show could go. Yes. Before we get into it, Doug, I want to mention something, and that is that I started a podcast with Mindy, and some people have heard about this, and Mindy and I have both can getting, been getting emails and texts asking if she is going to quit her Bigger Pockets Money podcast or if I'm going to quit the Mile High Five podcast. And before I say the answer to that, Doug, did you have any concerns? Like a lot of people think Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. Did you think Mindy would Yoko Ono the Mile High Five podcast? Yes, I'm not convinced that we're through the woods. You started bringing her over for shows all the time. And I was like, what is she even doing here? And you you had no answer. You're just like, I don't know. 
Yeah. And my next 10 outlines, they all had Mindy <laughs> showing up for episodes and some of them you weren't even on, even though it was mile high five, <laughs> which was, I imagine, kind of awkward for you, but I, I think we'll make it through it. And neither of us have plans to quit our other, this show or Mindy's Bigger Pockets. What's the story with um, Mindy's show? What's it called? It is called MindyOnMoney.com. And, and by the way, I made that name up, people, so don't throw Mindy under the bus. We had like any other website idea you come up with, you, you know, you make a list of 500 names and then they're all taken by domain squatters. There's not even anything there. So Mindy on Money was number 1 million out of those. And that was the last one available. So I'm like, let's do that. You're better at this than me anyway. So MindyOnMoney.com. What's it about? We try to focus on topics different than Mile High Fi. We mostly post Fi discussions, how to live a rich life after Fi. And we probably won't have as many interviews as we do on Mile High Fi, maybe less of that. And we're going to talk about stuff that might be uncomfortable. We talk about relationships. I know you and I, Doug, I like to think we have a good relationship, but it's not quite the same as the one I have with Mindy. It's much closer than people might imagine, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, that it, it got kind of weird at the economy when there, we got into the room and they told us there were two beds and then there was only one. And we're like, what are we going to do about this? And yeah, and I was like, Mindy, get out. <laughs> yeah. Because in this story, we're all sharing the room. That's a fictitious story. Fictitious story, folks. But ask Mindy about it. Everyone ping Mindy, ask her about it. She loves to hear these kind of messages. Yes, economy, open party. She loves to hear asparagus talk as well. Loves it. All right. People should check out the show and we'll link up to it, but people could find it if they just search for it on their podcast player or whatever, right? Yeah, mindyonmoney.com. All right, cool. So let's get into it. We have three main areas. We're going to go back and forth. I think we're just going to have to pick our, our greatest hits here so we stay on topic. But what we learned over the last apparently three years. So why don't you kick it off, Carl? I thought being doing it. Geez, I'm proving my point right there. So keep that in there. <laughs> I thought doing a podcast would be pretty easy. I thought it would be easier than writing, but it turns out it's a lot harder. And what I thought, Doug, is I thought we would just have to have a brief outline, maybe four sentences, and we could come in, show up, and we would just have a natural conversation. And I think it actually works out a lot like that a lot of the time, but then I've listened to myself, and what I've learned is to sound natural actually requires a lot of planning and careful thoughts. There has to be, if you really want a good episode, there has to be a lot of work behind the scenes. And I thought it would be easier than writing. And I think it's actually a lot harder. There's a lot of moving parts because there's the content, which is all a blog is all you have to do is write and you can go in there and rehash it a million times. And it's super easy. But if you're not cohesive in an interview, it makes it a lot more difficult to recover from that. You can only do so much in editing. And then there's the whole voice part trying to speak. I, you're a better natural speaker than I am. I tend to talk too fast and sometimes mumble my words. So I really have had to focus on that as well too. And I still have a lot of work to do. So I would say that was, that's the main thing, Doug, just the challenge of doing a podcast is greater than I thought it would be. When are you going to start doing the extra preparation that's going to help the show out? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you've, been do, you, you've been doing more, I would say, probably the last six months or so, you're like, holy shit, it makes a huge difference if I prepare a little bit more. Yeah, that's, I'll 
say one of my other learnings real quick is Doug is infinitely patient on many levels because I'm too optimistic and I planned way too much stuff and didn't give the podcast and some of our other projects the time they deserved. So thanks, Doug, for your patience. Thanks for not ditching me. I'm pretty patient. Yeah. And we, I mean, people might remember you were going to quit the show a year and a half ago. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And we were actually going to record the farewell show. And then we hugged each other down here and you said, I don't want to go. And then we kept going. I was like, all right, you got a little more time. You said you're going to finish the house in two weeks and you're done with it now, right? Not quite, but almost. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, we had some periods where it's like, oh, I'm not sure if you have enough time. And everything takes longer than whatever we expect. Even if I try to estimate stuff, it's twice or three times as long, like every single time. We're or, horrible at it. Or 10 times. <laughs> yeah. And then like other things stack up and then other things go wrong and then all your plans get thrown away. So you're welcome. It has been challenging at times making sure we have episodes to roll. So when we do have time, we record a lot and then it helps us as far as planning and I'm managing like the content calendar. A uh, shout out to our friend, Chris, who has been producing the show and took a, a big weight off of my shoulders and a, a couple other you know pieces, which I'll get into soon. I think we were wrapping up yours because you, you said, uh, preparation, a little harder than you expected. So mine, I have a, a comment on that. When someone tells me they're going to start a show or a YouTube channel or something, I'll try to set the expectations right and say, ah, you need to record a hundred shows and then you'll have a little bit more experience because you really have to get the reps in. And you mentioned that I'm a, naturally a better speaker it's not natural. I've recorded like 700 shows. Like I've tallied stuff up over time. So it was like a huge amount of work and talking slower and all that stuff has taken a few years for me to wrap up. But I appreciate the the compliment there, but it definitely took a lot of work. And I think, you know, you're just starting to have recorded enough shows where you could start slowing down or like the extra preparation, like that cleans it up too. And I'm guilty of it as well. Some days I showed up and you did the prep and then one of us could carry. But if both of us prepare ahead of time, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually have good material. Yeah, that'll be the day. All right. So a couple things that I learned, I'll just go kind of quick here. So because I had a lot of shows under my belt, I had certain expectations and working with a partner has been great. We've been able to lean on each other for different topic areas or networks, or when we're doing an interview and one of us hits a dead end, the other one could pick it up. So that's been awesome, number one. Number two, we wanted to do a donation model, which we still have, buy me a coffee out there, but that has proven to be interesting, but not enough to cover the show. I think a donation model can work if you have a very huge audience. We have a, I would say, a modest size audience that's great for what we're trying to do, I think. We get about maybe like 5,000 downloads per episode. Typically after a few weeks, there's a handful of like outliers, but generally that's the idea. With that size of an audience, there's just not enough people donating. We appreciate everyone that is donating. So you will notice that we are starting to integrate an ad or two here with products that we do believe in, which is why we're seeking out if anyone has a lube company, you know, send some test bottles over. Carl tested out personally. 
is what I'm told. Absolutely. <laughs> so so we're we're taking a look at just running a few ads, hopefully not too much, and hopefully fun. We're trying to make it our style of ads that we would probably want to listen to ourselves. Yeah, I would say it is a bit of a compromise. I'll completely acknowledge that. You might have to listen to an ad, but we've been very resistant to it for almost three years just because we needed a, like, a, I don't want to do a Simply Safe ad because it would just sound so fake. Neither of us are ever going to use that product. I want to use, first of all, I want to have an ad for a product we would both use, hence the lube or the bidet ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which we had a bidet company reach out, but we didn't move. I should actually reach back out. I think one issue with that particular company, which it looked like the product was awesome. However, the price point was more than what you and I would spend on a bidet. Yeah. Generally. It, but the other cool thing is these GhostBed people, they let us be our own silly selves. So like Doug said, I hope the ads, when we do have them, are fun. And if anyone does want to advertise, I hope you let us have fun too. I think that actually works out better. It sounds, it's genuine. And we're speaking in our own voice instead of, when I went to whatever, I trusted Simply Safe to watch my house and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're just reading a bunch of stuff where we're, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're writing our own stuff. So it comes off like fucking nonsense or <laughs> really. Okay. Carl. So that, that covers what I learned. There's a couple more, but we could table it for like some future episodes. So what do you like about podcasting? You've been a guest on many podcasts before. You have a YouTube channel, which you do some vloggy stuff, but what do you personally like about podcasting and what made you start the new show with Mindy? There are two things I really like about it. One is if you have an interesting guest, they can help you learn something new, maybe make you think about something that you hadn't thought of in that way. So that's number one. The second one is just trying to become a better speaker. I've done a lot of public speaking and I probably do a little bit better at that than when I record a podcast, but there's nothing like listening to yourself record in an hour and seeing the mistakes you make and how you can improve on that. So those are the two. And your third question was, what do I want to get out of the Mindy project? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why did we do that? I think it's a fun project as we wrap up all our house stuff and a bunch of parts of our life are kind of coming to a close. One is all these home improvement projects. Like I just said, a second one is our kids are older and they aren't spending as much time with us. They're out of the house. So it's going to be a fun thing for Mindy and I to work on together, kind of like an evolution of our relationship. We both work less than ever on our own separate things. So this is a cool thing we can work on at the same time. And I found I enjoy recording with her and we, I think we have pretty good conversations. All right. For me, what I like about podcasting, I won't repeat anything that you said. And this holds true for like any podcast. If you have a show and you've recorded some, it doesn't have to be 200 episodes. It could just be like 20. You can reach out to people that would normally not talk to you at all. And they will talk to you for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever is appropriate and have like a deep conversation. We probably have talked to people that we're like personal friends with, and we were able to ask them questions that we wouldn't normally get to ask in just a, a normal setting where we bump into them or we have dinner with them, because it's kind of awkward. But if you're going deep into their story and asking about their family life growing up or something, you get to ask those questions. So that's, that's super cool. And it extends to people that you don't even know so if you have a little bit of an audience and 
I'm thinking of, of one of our friends, very modest podcast, maybe a few hundred downloads per episode. She was getting like huge names to be on her show. And I think it was just because of sort of the professionalism. She had dozens of shows published. She had great interviews with other people. So when they got the invitation, they're like, sure, I'll chat with you. And you basically can't do that. No one wants to sit down and have their brain picked. That is, don't ask people to pick their brain because they're like, fuck, you're going to buy me a coffee and then ask me a hundred questions for an hour and a half. That's horrible. But if you frame it as a podcast, it's totally cool. So who is, I'll back up a second, a follow-up question. Who is someone that would be a stretch goal, but you think could potentially be on this? And what I mean by that is we're not going to ask Barack Obama or Donald Trump or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos to be on the podcast because they're never going to. But who's someone who would probably say no, but you think there might be a chance of getting them on? Oh, I think I'm overconfident now because I think we probably could get a lot of people that we ask. So I would have to think of the stretch. James Clear would be cool. I think he would probably be on the show. Derek Sivers, which I have like all his books sitting right here. I think he would probably be on the show if we pitched it the right way. I don't know. Maybe Mark Manson, his other book is sitting here. He maybe wouldn't be on the show, but I think we might be able, like we've interviewed some pretty high level people. So I think we potentially could pull bigger names. And Morgan Howells, I'm listening to a ton of his shows and read his books here recently. So I think all of those are a little bit of a stretch, but I think we could probably get him on the show. Mine was Morgan Housel, and I think we should try it. I've met him in real life. I talked to him in Omaha at the Berkshire Hathaway thing, and we've talked over Twitter on DMs a couple times. So I think, I think the key, like you said, Doug, is to write a really good outline and ask some questions that clearly demonstrate that we've read his material and questions that he thinks are good questions. Like I heard him compliment Tim Ferriss on his questions when he was on that show, but the thing about him, I've heard him doing the rounds for his new book and pretty much everyone asks him the same stuff and he answers the same way, which is what he should be doing because they're asking him the exact same question. I'd like to, I haven't read his new book yet, but I want to reread the old one, read the new one and pitch him. And maybe we even do something with Pete when we see him in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that has been, well, I don't know if this will work out, but my thought was to chat with Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, and say, hey, we think we want to interview this person. And do you want to sit in? I know you're a reader of his material and, and books or whatever. And then it's not just an interview with us two assholes, right? We got Pete sitting with us, which brings it to a completely different level. And we're, we're like in a luxurious spot where we could potentially pull that off. And Pete would be like, sure, maybe. maybe. I don't know. We haven't asked him. So don't want to tell him. <laughs> cool. Okay. So as we're moving through, we'll take a quick pause and we'll have an ad from our sponsors over at Ghostbed and shout out to a uh, rich listener, Rich, who actually hooked, hooked this up and we use the product. So I have one of the pillows, which my wife stole and they have a lot of different stuff. So it turns out we do really like the products. Yes, we do. And my kid also stole my pillow, so I no longer have my ghost bed pillow. I'm going to order another one because uh, daughter Claire has commandeered it. 
And the thing that I like about the pillow, it has the cool gel in there, but it's also foam. I used to use like a feather pillow years ago, but now I'm a believer in the foam and I'm, I'm generally a hot sleeper, like all year round, even in the winter. Yet I also like to have like heavy blankets on top of me or, or anything heavy on top of me, but I use a weighted blanket. So how about you? Do you use a weighted blanket too? Yeah, I love having a bunch of crap on top of me. But like you, I like to be cool too. So it's a contradiction. How do you get a bunch of weight on top of you and stay cool and not sweat to death in the middle of the night like I do without the chili pad? Right. So they do have um, one thing that we were looking at. My wife and I decided not to upgrade our bed currently because we're sleeping really well and we didn't want to change anything. But the one we were looking at was the Lux mattress. There's seven layers and they call it the coolest bed in the world. We were also looking at the adjustable base. So the twin king. So you can independently move the bed up and down. Do you have anything fancy like that in your place? I do not, but I'm considering one of their mattresses because our chili pad just died. My chili pad died a couple days ago. So I either buy another one of those or I get a new mattress. Cool. I was talking to Rich the other day and just kind of going through the different stuff that they have. So they do have a mattress that I think would be perfect. And if you do get the adjustable um, base, I think there's something like a 20-year warranty. You get a 101-night at-home sleep test. And I think you were asking about this off air. You were asking about vibrators, but you were really minted about vibrating beds. I think that's my hope. Yes, I know Ghostbed has a massaging bed, which sounds pretty close to a vibrating bed, right? I think so. And those were popular. I was recently watching Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. You remember that one, John Candy, Steve Martin? Yeah, funny enough, I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. It's it's a great one. You got to check it out. Okay. Do you like John Candy? I do. Well, I won't spoil it, but there's a vibrating bed scene in there. So, <laughs> and the Dumb and Dumber outtakes also have a vibrating bed, and there's a reason it's an outtake. But if you ever have you ever seen that outtake before? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I feel like no, I don't recall. I think I'll have to a, look it up. Yeah, I think it's a heart shaped bed, and they're in a hot tub together, and it's pretty weird. It's uncomfortable to watch it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm looking at that massaging or vibrating bed, and I'm hoping, I don't think they have this product out yet, but maybe a vibrating or massaging body pillow, because I can't sleep without a body pillow. I sleep on my side and wrap myself around it, but mm-hmm. I think if it vibrated, that would elevate the experience a little bit, or maybe a lot. I think it would. You know, I've never had a body pillow. How big is that? It's pretty big, maybe three or four feet long. Okay, what's it filled with? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So if you want to check out GhostBed, you can go to ghostbed.com, Mile High Fi with code Mile High Fi, and you'll get a jaw dropping 50% off site wide. They, they have bedding, they have mattresses, they have everything that you need to upgrade your sleeping. So check it out and we appreciate their support. Yeah. Thank you, Rich. And Rich will be at Economy as well, hopefully the opening party. So if you want to learn more, you could talk to Rich directly there as well. All right. So let's talk about what's coming up for the podcast in 2024 and the next 100 episodes and all that kind of stuff. So what what do you think, Carl? So with this Mindy on Money podcast, I am editing a podcast for the first time and I really enjoy it. I've been moving words around like I'll take all the bloopers out and put them in the sound check. And I don't, and Doug has been doing, just to back up a second, Doug has been doing all the heavy lifting with this. I pretty much come in to record and sometimes I barely do that. 
So Doug has been doing all of the production and background work and training the producer when we have Chris on. Chris is our producer. But anyway, I look forward to actually being able to spend more time with it. I know I sent you a text, Doug, telling you that I enjoyed the editing part. And I wonder how much better, how much funnier, how much more entertaining this could be if we actually cut out some of my clunky parts and maybe included some of our funny sound bites at different areas. I, I feel, Doug, that we could be even more goofier, but to not annoy people, we could put them all at the end. So if they want to listen through, they can hear 100x more asparagus or whatever stupid thing we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I, when you sent the text, I was like, holy shit, please take it over because at one point in time, we had an editor who was kind of editing the show as far as just getting it ready to go, but didn't do any, in air quotes, like story editing or anything where it could impact the actual content of the podcast. So she was just only taking out stuff that were major mistakes. And as it became clear that our donation model was not going to support that, I took over the editing and I do pretty minimal, but I'm using a tool called Descript, which is what I recommended to you. It's fantastic. So I've been doing a little bit more. And as I take out some pauses or filler words, or maybe someone misspoke, I've been doing a little bit more of that. And I could very clearly hear the difference of a, just a few minutes more of editing, maybe like 45 minutes or an hour of editing versus none. Major difference. And it's something that has made the podcast sustainable for the three years. Really, you and I have both been treating this as a side project. We just like show up. Hopefully one of us prepared a little bit more. It's reflected in the reviews. Like we got a review in the last couple of weeks. It says these guys just need to prepare a little bit. And that's true for some episodes. It's like we just showed up and started talking, which is literally true. <laughs> the point being, if you're taking over the editing, it will make the show probably twice as good easily. I have no doubt. So are you on board for that? Absolutely. I, I want to finish up the book first. I got to get that out the door. But then when we're done with that, I would love to do the editing. I think we could, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I think it could actually change the way we record because we could, it, for one thing, it would make everything a lot better because then we could edit out all these false starts that I do all the time and stuff like that. But being able to descript is super cool. You can highlight text and, and move it around and it makes it super easy to make something that might not be so cohesive, cohesive, or if we have another or original thought, it's easy to put it in there. So I think it would up the quality, but I think it might also change the way we record and do things. I agree. Yeah. So that'll be something that I'm looking forward to, you're looking forward to. And the thing is, I if you pick up that portion of the work, then I could focus on the marketing portion and growing the show. Because you, you commented earlier, hey, I wanted to have constant, consistent growth. Mm -hmm. Sorry to shatter your your dream. We have not had that. So we've had a couple, a couple spikes and largely we've plateaued multiple times. And the thing is, we're treating it as a side project. So there's no reason to think it would grow from people naturally following us. So I think this is the year we really make an effort, make any effort at all, because we haven't, or at least I haven't, and then we see where that takes us. Yeah, and I have, I mean, my other podcast is all about marketing and shit. I have a ton of ideas, and I know what we can do, and 
as soon as we have the bandwidth or we're like, hey, we can move forward and grow the show more. I have probably five ideas that should be pretty effective to just grow the show. Sure. So I make it sound easy. We'll see if it works, but all right. So that's one thing, editing. One other thing that I'm potentially looking at is more interviews. So one, I mean, I, I think we have sort of the right blend, but I have a list of probably 10 or 15 people that want to be on the show. Some people you have heard of and you know, and some people are just from the audience and have a cool story. So we have a bunch of those and I've actually set up a Google calendar where people can schedule it. It's pretty sophisticated, but I have it so people can book it. The thing is, sometimes our schedules are a little bit irregular, but we normally record on Tuesday, Wednesdays in the morning. So I've kind of blocked that out. But once we could just send it out and then people will sign up, we're in pretty good shape. And it takes the back and forth of scheduling to a streamline approach. Cool. All right. What, what else do you have for what's coming? Yeah, I think our best work is ahead of us. I think our best interviews, our best podcasts, I think it's going to come together this year. And yeah, I can't think of anything beyond that. Once it'll be interesting to see what happens once we actually start to <laughs> put effort into it. And even becoming better at interviewing, I found that doing a really good interview is pretty difficult, right? Like if you ask people an open-ended question, I'm trying to think of one. We used to have one in our outline and some people would just freeze up. And I remember one specifically, she's like, I just, I just can't come up with anything. I think the question was, what was your favorite money memory or maybe what was a bad thing you did with money? But it's a skill to ask a question because that question might go over great for someone and, and not great for others. So it's for someone else, but you have to know the person. But I, I've also found asking really open questions like that a lot of times does not work out well. People need concise, precise questions, which, uh, I need to work on myself. And sometimes I think for those questions where they should prepare ahead of time, like you have to give them to them the day before. So at least they have like one or two things to maybe riff on. But yes, it's like a job interview where you didn't expect the question. You're like, I don't know. Like, let's come back to it. I have no, no clue how to answer that. Yeah. But Okay. Awesome. The one other thing I'll mention, which I'm not sure we'll actually have time to do a lot of it, but we do have a YouTube channel. There is a possibility to do some sort of vlog content and not our normal show. And I'm not sure how that might look, but we do have a trip coming up pretty soon where I think it could be cool if we both vlog it. Like I'm, I'm going to fly there you're going to drive so we could both tell our little stories and then edit our own videos. And it'll just be a part of other content. It's sort of like a bonus vlog because we're going to do probably some shows where we're going to go yes. secret, secret location. And it could be interesting to just have that vlog footage as well, which I think will be kind of rare in the Fi space. Like I don't, I'm not sure anyone would be doing content like this. Like we're literally some of the only people that can do it. Yeah, I agree. It definitely takes effort and skills that most just don't have the time or knowledge to do. Yeah, let's definitely do it. I had the same thought, actually. And I don't know if we have the skills either, but we'll try. If there's nothing else out there, there's nothing to compare it to. Yes. So. All right, cool. Any other thoughts on our 200th episode? I think that's it. I just, uh, I guess I'll close by saying I look forward to what the next 50 to 100 look like, because I think it'll be our best work. Awesome. 
Assuming Mitty doesn't Yoko Ono the whole thing. <laughs> She's not even here to defend herself. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.